So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Fulter, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. What's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project podcast. And today I am just coming to you with um, a conversation, uh, something that stems from a conversation I had with uh, a former student, actually, a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, with it being May, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and, and I just want to talk about that for a little bit, um, because that's something that's, you know, something I deal with full disclosure. Uh, and obviously we had Kathy on last, last week, who was talking about mental health and sports performance, which is an awesome conversation. So if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, I do truly recommend it. She gives some great information, great tips and tricks, um, as well as some signs of what to watch for along with a ton of other information. Um, but obviously, mental health is on the rise. Um, and when this former student of mine, um, shout out to Rihanna down at Milwaukee Movement. Um, she uh, has her master's degree in athletic training. She's a baller uh, and she's doing great stuff. But she basically sent me a text asking to shoot a quick video with some strategies that I utilize to deal with like the anxieties and stressors of owning a business, but also day-to-day life. And, you know, I sent that over. And after I did that, I was like, you know what? I want to record a a little podcast episode where I just give a few more of these strategies, um, as well as a little deeper dive into my personal struggles with mental health. Um, Because it is something that I I deal with, um, that I have dealt with, that I continue to deal with. And I think part of the problem, actually, I know part of the problem around mental health is not talking about it. People staying quiet about it. I was guilty of that when I was really in the grips of things. And uh, I think the first barrier to cross is to have more conversations around it without people having to feel bad about themselves. Uh, And so that's all I want to do. I'm going to give a little background into my history with it as well as about six strategies that I try to utilize to cope with the day-to-day life of someone who lives with anxiety. Um, And it was pretty debilitating at at one point. So I've always been one to worry. I don't know if it's because I'm the oldest. I don't know if it's just my personality or what. But, I mean, I... I mean, ever since high school, <laughs> I've, I've always, I mean, shoot, way beyond that, way past that. As far back as I can remember, let's just leave it at that. I've always been someone to worry. And that worry started to morph into 
feelings that I didn't really understand at the time, which now looking back after learning, after working through some things with people, um, was anxiety. It was the onset of anxiety. And even further than that, you know, it's ruminating. It's constantly being in a cyclical mindset with thoughts. And it's brutal. It's debilitating. Uh, and so, like, my journey, I'm 34 years old now. And, you know, it probably started to morph from worry to true anxiety. And it might have been anxiety before that. I guess I don't really know. Um, but once I became, once I started to understand it more, was uh, in college. So probably my early 20s was the first time I was like, hey, you know, I worry a lot. I had the same thoughts all the time. I can't stop thinking about them. I can't get them out of my head. And it was starting to ruin relationships. And that was the first time where I was like, hey, there's something going on, something out of my control. And I need to figure out what to do about it, which was, you know, hard for me. Um, and so, you know, I went through some talk therapy. They gave me sertraline, which is a generic name for Zoloft, which is a SSRI. Um, and they were like, you need to stop having these thoughts. And <laughs> great advice, right? Like, hey, just stop thinking that because that's always worked so well when you tell somebody to stop thinking about something. Um, so as you can imagine, that didn't really help me. And the meds, they weren't really helpful either. So lo and behold, you know, I stopped seeing that therapist. I stopped taking those meds. And didn't really do anything for the anxiety. And then it just kind of continued to morph and it just kind of became more intense and continued to ruin relationships and made me feel like I was a bad person, which for me, like not really viewing myself that way. Like I think I'm a good guy. I try to do right by people and feeling like I'm a bad person was awful. It was literally the worst thing. I, I put a lot on my shoulders. I take a lot of responsibility. I try to help a lot of people. Um, that's just how I am and how I've always been. Um, people first. And feeling like I'm a bad person was the worst part. It, it was the hardest part for me to deal with. Um, but, you know, it, it just continued to morph. And as the anxieties got worse, the feelings that I was a bad person got worse. And it was just a nasty cycle. But the one thing that was constant was the thoughts in and out of my head, or more mainly just in my head all the time. It was all the time. And from 2017 to 2019 was really the, the darkest times of my mental health journey. It, they, the, the thoughts got to the point where uh, you know, I didn't want to get out of bed. I was ruminating nonstop. I was doing laps around places, telling myself to stop thinking the thoughts and you know, obviously that doesn't work. Again, tell somebody to stop thinking about something and that's just not going to happen. So eventually, um, the breaking point was, you know, I, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to see people. Um, Erica and I had been dating for a little bit. And, you know, I know I needed to do something. I just wasn't the person I wanted to be or I wasn't, I don't know. I don't even still know how to explain it. Like, I just didn't want to do anything. And that's not me. Like, I just, I just didn't want to do anything. So, lo and behold, like, again, like I said, this was just my specific case. Talk therapy didn't really help. Um, 
And basically, what I had to do was find somebody that was willing to give me tools and apply actionable steps to get better. And that's what I did. Um, and again, honestly, two years. It was two years. It was a two-year journey. It wasn't a quick thing. But um, basically what it came down to was obviously every, or not obviously, but people are familiar with OCD and the like cleaning and the folding things a certain way or washing the hands. And like, obviously those are outward traits of obsessive compulsive disorder. But what I was dealing with, which was wrongfully like kind of diagnosed and wrongfully attacked was more the mental side of things, right? Like I would attach these strong emotions to certain thoughts, which would then make me feel like I'm a bad person. And uh, then I would ruminate on them and they would just keep going on my mind. And so obviously talk therapy isn't appropriate for that. You need to kind of address things head on. And so uh, basically what I had to do was kind of one, say, hey, yeah, something's going on. Two, find somebody that knew what they were doing with that sort of mental health stuff. Um, with OCD, and then do the homework. Um, and once I did that, you know, things started to shift. I, I could feel myself lightening up, like the stressors weren't as bad. The stress wasn't so bad. The anxiety wasn't so bad. And I had actionable steps and a, a huge tool set that I could apply. And, you know, of August of 2017 was the first time I, was, I literally went, I kid you not, two hours without stressing about whatever that day's anxieties were. And I remember the freeing feeling of that being like, oh my goodness, like I'm getting better. And I can't tell you how good that felt. So um, from that, you know, I, I realized that one, things are going to be okay. Like they suck right now, but um, things are going to be okay. And obviously like the, the therapist I worked with, like I can't thank her enough. She was amazing uh, and really helped me. But now I had this tool set where obviously I don't know if you're necessarily ever cured from some mental health issues. I feel like it's an ongoing thing. But the weight of it, you know, the depth of it doesn't always have to be as bad. And, you know, since 2019, we're three years past that now. And I look back at some of the thoughts that I was having and I, I laugh like, come on, Trev that really wasn't a big thing to worry about. <laughs> and which is so crazy to me because it, they were making me not want to get out of bed. So that's kind of my back history of things. Like, obviously I still am an anxious person. I still, I still stress um, about my family, my friends, you know, obviously Erica and our, our dogs are my life and like always worrying and stressing about those. And then we have a business, which is stressful. And, so there's always things that are going on, but now I have a skill set where I can control it a little bit better and I have a better understanding. And I think with that understanding comes freedom. And with that freedom, it's like, hey, it's confidence. And with that confidence, I can be like, hey, I can deal with this. Let's go. So I just want to go over six things that I still apply today. Um, and, and one of them, actually a couple of them go back to that 2017 to 2019 time frame. And so strategy one is if you are dealing with some mental health issues or have some things going on, I, it's probably the hardest st 
step I had to take, but it was first giving myself grace to say, hey, it's okay. You're going to be okay. But secondly, opening up to somebody you know, love, and trust. Uh, it was the scariest conversation I, to date I can think of, um, but I vividly remember it. I was living in an apartment at the time. Erica and I were kind of sitting on the couch. Kirby and Abby were right in front of us. We were going to go for a walk. And uh, beautiful day out. But um, I was like, hey, like, obviously she knows I'm acting a little different. Something's going on. Um, and I didn't want her to think it was like anything around our relationship because that was rock solid. And because of how rock solid it was and how much I trusted her, which is something I don't do very easily, um, and which is kind of what the thoughts were around was trust. Um, I had to open up and tell her exactly how I was feeling. And I didn't know what she was going to do, didn't know how she was going to react, but I knew I had to talk with talk to her because she needed to understand or at least hear it. Um, and I, I, to this day, I can never thank her enough for that. It was the hardest thing I had to do. And it was also the best thing I did. And what she did was she sat back. She let me listen or she let me talk. She listened. And then she said, I hear you. I love you. I understand. And I'm going to help you through this. And at that point, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wife you up. And then, uh, and then secondly, just some of the weight left my shoulders. Like, hey, I don't have to go through this alone anymore. And that was huge. That was massive. And then we did go for that walk. We went for the walk with the dogs. We came back and we sat down. We picked the conversation back up and we came up with actionable steps. And that actionable step led to me finding a therapist that led to a proper diagnosis, that led to proper tools and actionable steps that now led to me being the way I am today. And just that first step was a domino effect to everything else, to getting the help I, I needed and wanted. And it was all because I had somebody I trusted so much, like with my life, and somebody who was supportive um, and wanted to help me as well. Probably wanted to help me as much as I wanted to help myself, if not more. And, you know, to this day, I tell Erica everything, every single thing. She's the only person that I've ever opened up to completely and uh, that I'm comfortable with talking to. And it's amazing. So it's hard, but I highly, highly recommend you do it, whether it's a spouse, a partner, a friend, a family member. Um, somebody that you know just has your back because once you have that i promise you you can attack anything you can go you can go through it knowing that that person's always there for you um and erica i don't know if you listen listen to me rant but i love you and i can't tell you how much i appreciate that and i appreciate you um so that's strategy one strategy two is something that i do to this day um and I think the way you start your day is incredibly important. So you have to come up with a morning routine. Um, so for example, my morning routine, you know, it, it's pretty consistent. Um, I will say that there are times where I have to take a day or a morning by for myself, um, which is every morning, but I just have to alter it a little bit. So typically my morning consists of waking up um, around 530, 6 o'clock. I 
unless you know I go somewhere else for a workout that's a little earlier. Um, but I read. I, I, t I typically read. You know, Eric and I will talk a little bit in the morning. We'll take care of the dogs, um, pet them, tell them we love them. You know, give them all the love. And uh, then we go. Then I go work out um, around seven o'clock, a little after seven seven thirty. Um, for that next hour, that is my hour to kind of put myself first, you know, work out, do something that's, that's good for me. Um, I'll have breakfast shortly after some food, and then I'm ready to, to see, um, people throughout the day or attack my day. And that is pretty consistent. You know, like I said, there are a day or two days where I, I don't work out. Um, and during that time I will, um, read. I'll look through my my um, planner and uh, kind of do some other things. But when I don't work out, I also have a morning routine. Um, so that's the biggest thing is come up with a morning routine because the way you start your day helps you propel through the rest of the day. Okay, so whatever you feel best suits you and the the best way for you to start your day, whether it's reading, whether it's, you know, through visual, visualization, mindfulness, meditation, which we're going to talk about. Uh, just figure it out and stick to it. And you know, the great thing about that routine is if it's not working after a couple of weeks, you can change it and try something else. But you need to give it a little bit of time and you need to find something that works for you, okay? Strategy three, and this is kind of a non-negotiable. Um, this is something our business coaches and our business group has really helped us with and it's been an absolute game changer. And that's setting goals, setting a schedule, making a plan, right? A goal without a plan is just a wish. We should all know that quote. Um, and this has been huge. And so basically what Erica and I do every year, we come up with a business annual goal as well as a personal annual goal. Now on that personal side of things, we also have a word, a word for the year. This is something we got from my brother um, and sister-in-law, which is something that they do. And we started it last year and it's pretty cool. So basically what we do is, is pick a word uh, that we want to use to fall back on if things get tough or basically looking back at the end of the year being like, hey, what's the meaning of that word and did we stick to it? So for myself um, and knowing like my mentality, my mindset and things like that, my mental attitude, I chose the word fortitude, which is basically mental strength in times of difficulty or toughness, uh, mental courage during tough times. And for me, it's completely appropriate. And it's something I can look back on like, if, hey, I had a bad week mentally, like, hey, am I living up to that word or, or to um, what I wanted to accomplish this year? Am I living up to that, the definition of the word that I set for myself? Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and then on the scheduling side of things, like I said, for both business and personal, um, you all, it's important you have personal goals. You set an annual goal. Okay, from there, you set quarterly goals. So there's four quarters in a year. Each quarter, that goal is to propel you closer to your annual goal, okay? Then, how are you gonna accomplish the quarterly goals? Yep, by setting monthly goals. <laughs> monthly goals is to attack that quarterly goal. Um, how are we gonna attack those monthly goals? Better believe it, we're setting weekly goals. How are we gonna attack those weekly goals? Yep, day-to-day -day goals. A single goal for every single day of the week to get to that end of the month goal, okay? So breaking it down in its simplest form is gonna help you reach your annual goal. That is always 
kind of the biggest rung on the ladder is reaching that annual goal. What are you going to do every single day, every single month, every single quarter to reach that yearly goal? Okay. It's, it's incredibly beneficial. And we have a planner that works for us that allows us to do all of that. And, uh, it, it just keeps things formalized. I've never been a big planner guy, a big scheduler. Um, I mean, I schedule things, but I never used to write it down. And that's something that Erica changed very quick. <laughs> She's like, Trevor, your thoughts are everywhere. You think about everything. You need to write stuff down. And lo and behold, it's been an absolute game changer. So if you don't have a planner, I would highly recommend getting one. Um, and then if that goal planning works for you, uh, give it a shot. And then building off of that strategy four is called brain dumping. Basically, what this is... Um, is taking all the thoughts that you have during the day, writing them down so that you can revisit them and see what's important and what's not. For myself, uh, I mean, being anxious, being just me, you know, I'm thinking about a million and one things all the time. Uh, I do this at the end of the day. Um, so right before bed, I will either write it down in a journal or I'll just make a little note on my phone saying, basically writing down the thoughts. Um, so essentially what this practice is, is uh, taking the thoughts that you have. If it's keeping you up at night, like I can wake up at 2 a.m. And uh, literally my mind's like ready to go. And that's just not ideal. You know, I still want to be asleep. But basically what brain dumping is, is writing down all the thoughts that might be keeping you up or keep you from falling asleep and putting them out on a piece of paper on the notes in your phone and then revisiting them in the morning. And basically what you're doing by writing these down at night is telling your brain, hey, I hear you. I'm acknowledging that I'm having these thoughts and I'm having these ideas, but now is not the time. I'm going to write them down and revisit them tomorrow. And that way you're basically giving your body permission to be like, hey, don't worry about it. Like we can check this out tomorrow, but right now we need to sleep and recover. And then in the morning, this is why I like doing it at night, in the morning, you can revisit what you wrote down. And essentially, by doing that, I've noticed one of two things. One, most of the time I don't remember thinking that thought <laughs> or having that idea. And lo and behold, like, therefore it's not important and I can cross it off and not worry about it. But what also happens is some of those ideas, I'm like, hey, that needs to get done or that needs to be addressed. And then I can write it down to my handy dandy planner when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to attack it. And then it's, then it's taken care of. And then I don't have to worry about it anymore because now it's got its own day and time of when it's going to be taken care of. And hopefully after hearing that, you can see how beneficial that can be. So brain dump before bed or whenever works for you. What works for me best is brain is, is doing it before bedtime. Um, I mean, it just works. Strategy number uh, five is you know, mindfulness and meditation. Now, obviously there's differences between the two that um, I just want to briefly state is where, you know, mindfulness is basically bringing your stress down um, like right now. It's focusing on the present, uh, you know, whatever has built up throughout the day. It's helping you basically reset and be in the here and now where Meditation, on the other hand, works a little deeper. It gives the body the deep healing um, that it needs. And 
both are incredibly beneficial. What I will likely talk about just for a little bit is mindfulness. Um, just being in the here and now a little bit better. Um, so in the grips of things from 2017, 2019, this is something I was doing every single day. It was five to 10 minutes of mindfulness work, um, just focusing on my senses. So my breath, my sounds, the smells um, of what was going on around me, you know, especially in the springtime now having the windows open, like it's incredible when you focus on just the sounds around you, everything that you can hear. It was like, Things that were happening in the house that I wasn't even aware of. I was like, wait, what's that noise? Or what's that noise? And what's this? It, it's, it's crazy. Um, and just bringing that stress level down, it, bringing that fight or flight mode down in your body is incredible. And it's basically a reset for me, for me in the middle of the day that helps me move forward throughout the rest of the day. Okay, so I was utilizing the Headspace app at the time. Um, just their basics courses. You know, I was not familiar with the practice of mindfulness, um, not familiar with the practice of meditation and all the benefits that come along with it. So these apps are super helpful for that. Um, and, and basically, like I said, mindfulness just brings you back down. Um, if you're having a stressful day, that's why I like to do it in the middle of the day. It grounds me a little bit, brings me back, kind of reprioritizes things and allows me to move forward. So, I mean, there's a ton of research out there about it. Um, I mean, it, it's showing that, you know, stress comes from everywhere. But what's really interesting is that there's research out there showing that we store like several generations of stress in our nervous systems, um, meaning that you can carry other people's stressors. I mean, have you ever been in a room where somebody's anxious or stressed and all of a sudden you feel anxious and stressed? Like, that's how things work. And in order to do that, in order to kind of clear out that area of your nervous system um, and kind of chill out, I guess you could say a little bit, like the nervous system, not yourself, but in turn yourself, this is a super powerful tool. Um, it doesn't take long. Like I said, it was five to 10 minutes and the benefits are incredible. Like I said, it decreases the stress in your nervous system. You become more productive. It helps myself kind of be more clear uh, if I'm kind of stuck on a problem I, I realized after some time like hey I revisit it after that and I can figure it out a little bit you sleep better um, the anxiety decreases I can promise you that and just a little bit of better energy I guess you could say um, and you know it's tough at first when the first few weeks I was like okay I'm doing this wrong like there's no right or wrong way to do to utilize mindfulness, but it's hard because especially for somebody that's mind is continually running, it's hard to kind of slow that down. And uh, the more you practice it, the better you get, right? So we, we've said this before in other episodes, we say it to everybody we work with, consistency is the biggest factor here. If you do this for five to 10 minutes, day in and day out, by four weeks in, you're going to notice a change. It's just how it's going to happen. If you do it every day, you're going to notice a change. And when I first started, it was like, okay, I'm thinking about this. And then the app would be like, oh, if your mind wandered a little bit in a really soothing voice too. Like, I don't know how people talk like that, but um, if you feel your mind, your thoughts wandering, you know, just bring it back to your breath or bring it back to the sounds around you. 
And it's like, holy cow, they're talking to me like somebody's got a video here and they're watching me do this, which was making me uncomfortable at first. But then I was like, nah, that ain't happening. Um, but the more I did it, the less that happened. And what actually ended up happening was I fell asleep. <laughs> About five minutes in, I would kind of nod like in and out. Um, and that's how I knew like, holy cow, I was super stressed, super anxious. And within five minutes of practicing this, I was pretty calm to the point where I could fall asleep. And for me, that's incredible. And it, that's beneficial. You know, other things that mindfulness, meditation help, um, obviously with depression, anxiety, stress, um, just by kind of bringing more dopamine and serotonin to the brain. You know, it helps you live longer. There's research out there showing that it strengthens your telomeres. Um, and basically, if you're not familiar with what um, telomeres are a great book is the telomere effect um, but it, it's your longevity I mean your telomeres basically can I guess quote unquote unravel which just makes you age and by kind of restoring the telomere length it can lead to a healthier body longer lifespan um, which is awesome which is what we all want right and then obviously the other huge benefit is like the cognitive change so it it de it, it decreases your cognitive decline um, that kind of comes with aging and whatnot. So it's a super powerful tool. And um, like I said, I use the Headspace app. I also use Calm and Insight Timer. Um, I know quite a few people that utilize Insight Timer, uh, which is, again, five to 10 minutes. You just follow along, and it's super helpful. Okay, the last strategy, strategy six, the last point, and it, it talks to the, the personal side of things is you have to find hobbies. You have to find things that make you happy. Uh, we're not here, <laughs> we're not here for a long time, but most people want to be here for a good time, right? You hear that, we ain't, I ain't here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time, and then they go, do whatever. Um, but you need to find hobbies, you need to find things that make you happy, whether it's spending time with your spouse, whether it's going out and, I don't know, being active, partaking in certain activities, um, you have to find that because if you don't have personal goals for yourself and personal hobbies, um, you're going to get caught in the nasty cycle that is wake up, eat, shower, go to work, come home, eat, probably watch some TV, go to bed, wash, rinse, repeat. And that's no way to kind of live this life. You, whether it's working out, um, playing an activity, playing a musical instrument, reading, getting together with friends, um, anything, just find what you like to do and what makes you happy and make sure that you're doing it. For me, I'm a big quality time guy, big quality time. And so my, a couple of my favorite things to do are, you know, go out to eat with, um, Erica and just spend time together. Um, and then with the four of us, I say the four of us being me, Erica, and then our two dogs, Kirby and Abby, um, I'm usually not happier. Uh, than I am when we're all together, whether it's just walking, um, you know, going out when Bark and Brew was around, you know, we would go hang out there. Um, but for me, that's enough. Like that is truly when I'm happy is when we're all together. But other things I like to do, you know, I'm teaching myself to play guitar. I like to read. I like basketball. Um, we put a basketball hoop up. Um, I just go outside and shoot. And I like to talk with my boys. You know, we, <laughs> we have quite the group text going and 
just that kind of stuff. Like you have to find things that make you happy. Erica, she's a huge hockey athlete. You know, she plays on multiple teams. She coaches. Um, she also, I think, likes spending time with us. So like you have to find things that make you happy. If, if you don't do that, like I said, you're getting caught in that nasty cycle and that's no way to live. So I really hope that I didn't, one, didn't ramble too much. This is way longer than I ever expected it to be. Um, but two, I hope that you can apply some of these strategies and that you find them helpful. Uh, obviously, if you have any questions, um, don't ever hesitate to reach out. You can contact us via email, hit me up via our social media pages, um, ask me more questions. Uh, I want to be an open book about this stuff. Your mental health is nothing to joke around with. It's nothing, nothing to play with, and you need to take it seriously. You need to take care of it, right? It's a muscle. It, it needs to be worked. It needs to be stimulated. Um, but when things are going on and it gets to be too much, I hear you, I'm with you, I understand, and you're not alone, okay? Um, so please, please, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. And give these six strategies a shot. If you find them helpful, let me know. If you have more questions about them, let me know. Otherwise, I appreciate you listening, and we will uh, talk with you later. If you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab, or information on one of our guests, or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.